Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. You wouldn't believe uh, the bananas that we've been having just before we hit the record button. It's unfortunate that you know, nobody caught Justin singing bananas uh, in time. But welcome to the show. Justin, how's it going? Mike? Oh, yeah. Hi. I feel like... Uh like one of the minions right now called a banana talk yeah. <laughs> right uh yeah anyway I, I guess i forgot to say that you know you're justin baker i'm mark paul and uh, we we co-host this show together and uh we are here to talk about hockey just just talking hockey for uh the first time in a little while i feel like we did previews and like we did we did a list last time so it's, it's nice to just kind of be like well oh, let's just talk about what's going on and uh there is plenty going on uh, as we're you know about 13 to 15 games into the regular season something i guess some teams have played 17 now uh, but on today's show we're gonna it's gonna be positive we're, we're going the positive route and we're gonna do uh all the teams that are surprising us thus far and uh who in a good way in a good way so we we definitely like that um but before I do that, I do want to just draw attention to one thing. I I wonder, when is the last time, 15 games into the regular season, this is negative, by the way, I have to go negative once. <laughs> that's, just, that's the rule. Uh, okay. How, what is, I wonder what, first off, I guess uh, I guess it would be the whatever 1974-75 Washington Capitals are probably the longest to go without a win in regulation, but the Anaheim Ducks right now, 15 games in, uh, are have not won a game in regulation yet. Insane. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, and and the crate like even the Columbus Blue Jackets have won three games in regulation. Now I mean, hey, Anna, good on Anaheim. They've won four games in the extra time and shoot out. But uh, I mean, even the St. Louis blues have won four games in regulation. The next lowest is the San Jose sharks at two. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how long that goes. Uh, nothing like tracking futility, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's jump into your first positive surprise uh, from this season. Where, where are we going first, Justin? Oh, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils. Sure. Sure. Start there because that's the obvious choice, right? Um, or maybe one of the more obvious choices, only because, and not necessarily because of where they were last year um, and where they are now, but more or less because they started off the year with the fire Lindy chance, and now literally, I can't remember if it was last game or the game before, but they literally had the sorry Lindy chance going on. <laughs> sorry, they should be saying resign Lindy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's going so well, and and you think for a team that brought in. Uh, you know, Andrew Burnett to be your assistant coach, uh, essentially, you know, almost signaling, Hey, Lindy, your leash is very short. Um, Cause we got this other guy here who was a Jack Adams nominee that we're going to put right behind you. Um, and they've only gone nine and one in their last 10. They've uh, you know, seven, two at home, five and one away. This team is just clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they lead the uh, you know, Metro division and goals four and, and actually goals against as well. They're plus 17 goal differential. That's the best in that division too with, with some stacked defensive teams like Carolina, the Islanders. You think, man, they could, uh, you know, they could have a shot at making the playoffs coming this year. But, you know, shoot, they're just uh, running away with the division, it seems like, for, you know, two teams like the Rangers and Carolina, I figured would be pushing for, for the division. They're uh, sitting pretty in third and fourth place. So Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at right now, uh, the standings and, you know, based off of the teams that made the playoffs last year into this year. I mean, you've got three teams leading their division that did not make the playoffs last year. Right. 
And that's, I mean, we're not talking six games in. I mean, 16 games in is no no slouch. Like, I think at this point, you're going, all right, the Devils, they are for real. Like, they might not win the division, but they're definitely for real. And it would be very disappointing if they missed the playoffs now. Like, we're, we're to that point where I, I think that team's going to make the playoffs because, you know, uh, surprise, surprise, they're getting average goaltending. <laughs> and they're right. and they're good and they're they're doing well. Um, the you know and you've got the Islanders. They missed the playoffs last year, and uh, and they're second in that division. I mean, Detroit's tied with uh, with Florida and Tampa Bay, or uh, with Florida. Sorry for uh, yeah, and Tampa Bay. So uh, they're they're right on the on the doorstep of the playoffs. Although they've they've kind of slouched a little bit. But I mean, there's Winnipeg leads the Central. Vegas leads the Pacific. I mean, it's it may be one of those years where we finally get a big turnaround in teams that make and miss the playoffs because we haven't had that in a long time. It's been like the same 12 or 13 teams in the playoffs practically every year for the last six or seven years. I know. You, you think like, you know, every year you, you just might as well just automatically write in Pittsburgh and Washington and right. and throw Boston in there. But now it's like, well, maybe the tides are tides are changing a little bit, right? Yeah, it definitely makes for an inter- a more interesting start. Uh, I'm not willing to throw uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins out with the bathwater yet, though, because they oh, no, no, no. they seem to do this every year. They ha- they have really slow starts, and and then they figure it out in January, and they're and then all of a sudden we're like, wait, the Penguins are leading their division. So we'll, we'll see if that. <laughs> you know, happens. I'm hoping who's going to do that again is the St. Louis Blues because gosh, Ooh. I can't remember what year it was they were like. Yeah, 20 tw- games in, last place right. in the league. Right, 2018. And then they took the division. Yeah. Uh, no? 20, 2019. 2019. Was it 19? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the year before all the COVID craziness. Right, yeah. So I can't I can't count them out yet either, so. Sure. And and, and again, we're, you know, we're, we're, some teams have played 17 games. The Blues, they've only played 13. So, you're, you know, they get, let's say they go and they, they rattle off three wins. Well, suddenly they're in the wild card position. So it's yep. it's uh, it's all tight right now, but you are starting to get a picture of, of what some of these teams are, and maybe maybe more specifically how teams are playing against some of these teams. Uh, let, let's keep talking New Jersey because there's just some special things that are happening there. I I want to go back to our Metropolitan Division preview. I think we we both had New Jersey kind of in that bubble. Like we thought, yep. well, they could make the playoffs, but they could also maybe finish last. Like, just kind of depended. Um, they do have a one hundred point one PDO, so they're definitely getting their shooting percentage is nine point nine percent, which is on the high end. But you know what? They're they're still actually only getting they're getting less than nine hundred save percentage uh, right now. So they're they're winning. They've won twelve out of fifteen games with. I have, frankly, like under average goaltending, uh, the league average right now is nine oh one save percentage, and they're at an eight ninety six. So, uh, but I guess actually the league average shooting percentage is also nine point nine. So, so there's that. But I, I mean, I don't think I know we talked so much about Jack Hughes, and I, I think I said that he this could be his one hundred point season. Like this could be his absolute breakout. I, I don't think that. Uh, I, I think you you kind of had the same thought that it could be, it would definitely probably be his big year uh, where he kind of surges himself into the, the conversation. And you know what he had? Well, he has been, he's been real good so far. 
I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there that's going, oh, man, Jack Hughes. I mean, he's a point-per-game guy right now. Uh, five goals through 15 games, maybe a little low. Uh, but honestly, I I feel like the guy that we didn't talk about enough is the other centerman taken first overall by the New Jersey Devils, and that's Nico Heischer because he has been phenomenal. Like Maybe like uh, he could be in the heart conversation. That's how good he has been so far. Yeah, I can't disagree with you, right? Because, listen, when I when I look at this team's lineup and the way they're built, right, Jesper Brast, Bratt obviously is, you know, the, the leading point getter for this team, but he's playing with Jack Hughes, right? So those two guys, they have a good chemistry. They're doing really good things on that second line. But Nico Heischer, I mean, he plays with, uh, you know, Thomas Tatar and, and Zutterlin. So, he, I mean, Thomas Tatar's an okay winger, but he's he's still a middle six guy in my Hey, opinion. I'd trade a first, second, and a third round pick for him, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> but I mean, y- you look at the way he's doing it too. Nico Heischer's doing this all five on five because he's only got three power play points out of his 17. So 14 of those are coming at even strength. He's been he's an almost, absolute monster. Yeah, and he's almost at a 60% faceoff percentage too for a guy that is just, I mean, su- I mean, again, he's supposed to be like, uh, you know, Bergeron 2.0. Right, I mean, right. that's the way he was looked at, but he's producing a little bit better offensively than Bergeron does, in my opinion. So. I mean, this is this is all great stuff. And the, the best part about it is when you look at time on ice, Esher and Hughes are basically identical. They're two seconds averaging difference, um, you know, as far as that's concerned. So really, there's not a true number one. But in my opinion, right, Esher's the guy you want out there defensively. And he's he's winning the draws. He's winning the battles. And he's doing it five on five, which is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the man, his Corsi numbers are insane. 62.4. I mean, the Ooh. guy just is a possession monster. He, yeah, I mean, he is starting fifty-three. He's he's like basically almost fifty-fifty for his his zone starts. Fifty-three percent in the offensive zone. So, uh, he's yeah, he's starting in the offensive zone. He's not taking all the defensive faceoffs like uh, like some defensive specialists would do. But holy jumping, he is having a great start to the year. Um, I know his shooting percentages. Is quite high at this point. What is it? It's seventeen point four percent. His career averaged twelve point two. So yeah, that comes down a little bit, but that's maybe the difference of a goal. I mean, he's he's shooting the puck plenty. He's he's got over three shots a game, which for a centerman who isn't necessarily a goal scorer, you know, he's not. He's his his career high last year twenty one goals in seventy games. So that's maybe a twenty five goal season. Um, and right now we're looking at somebody who is almost certainly going to score 30 if he continues even close to this pace and maybe a 40-goal season, which, I mean, uh, if the Devils keep going on this pace, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, they just, they're so fast. It's funny, the teams that you thought were fast, and then you go watch the Devils play. And, man, it just reminds me of when they had Taylor Hall, and they almost were doing this, like, the the four check with tons of speed before other teams were doing it. They just didn't have the the horses to do it back then. Um, but I I remember I th- I think it was Jesper Bratt who was a rookie that year and uh, and he was in there like kind of learning that from John Hines. I want to say that was Jesper Bratt. Was that Bratt? Twenty sixteen? Did they make the playoffs that year? 
Or am I thinking? Yeah, that was the Taylor Hall year. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> and, and I, I just remember that he was, uh, you know, he was that guy going and using his speed uh, to forecheck. And that was really the reason that, I mean, Taylor Hall was the reason the Devils went to the playoffs, but the, the Devils had a ton of speed and they've really built that up over the uh, the years and now with Heischer and Jack Hughes to uh, two very quick centermen uh, they just just keep moving ahead and I mean we haven't even touched on their defense who's having a great start as well yeah yeah absolutely and I mean they have one of the youngest teams in the league too which is even more impressive yeah I you know what do you think about this team come playoff time because you know there's I I wonder. I th- I mean, it's not it's not as if if they don't go and win around, nobody's going to be mad. Uh, but I wonder if they still don't quite have that defensive, the goaltending, like the playoff style uh, type of players quite yet. I I wonder if that'll be an issue come playoff time. But yeah, I mean, I think whether or not you make the playoffs or not is is irrelevant. I think for this team, you want them to battle and be close because. Um, to me, that's the next step, right? So, you know, from where they were last year, if you can battle and get close to a playoff spot, that's that's a step up, and that's what you want to keep doing. But well, it sure looks like they, they're going to make the playoffs, <laughs> right? And yeah, ultimately, if they they end up in the playoffs, I mean, hell, just you know, even if they get swept in the first round, it's still a playoff experience that I think a lot of these younger guys are going to need and ultimately, uh, you know, use to take this team to the next level. All right, uh, that's the uh, New Jersey Devils, the second place team in the NHL right now, just absolutely crushing it. Uh, and, and you know, uh, who's their – what's the name of their I, – I just closed out the window because I was going to move on. Uh, a goalie that's played like two games for them. Oh, Schmidt. Akira Schmidt, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's just trucked his way through the last two games. Uh, 2-0, 1.63 goals against. So uh, it'll be fun to see, you know, because uh, everyone's injured now, so – uh, it'll be fun to see what what he can do for the Devils and and uh, if that brings them to even higher heights. Imagine if they have a a goalie who's super hot. What that offense can do, uh, it's it's crazy. But you know there is one team whose offense has been even more impressive than the New Jersey Devils, and I don't think either one of us saw this coming. Did you see the Boston Bruins leading the league in goals? No. <laughs> No way. <laughs> and I mean, like, they're, they have what? Who's the, se- the second place team in the league? Is funny enough, is the Dallas Stars and the Los Angeles Kings. Oh, the Vegas Golden Knights, 59. Uh, but they've they got more, a lot more goals than, uh, than a lot of teams, which is, I, I just, I'm kind of baffled as to how the Bruins are, are doing this with the, uh, essentially the same team, plus, Krejci, minus a lot of injured, you know, a lot of injured players who who are now back. But well, Charlie McAvoy, right? I right. mean, basically for the entire year. Well, he isn't he? Uh, he's coming back. Well, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, like, he's he's been gone for a majority right. of the year. Right. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, he I came mean, back who, a couple games ago, right? Yeah, he's played three games. Yeah, yeah but I mean, the point is, is I mean, basically all they added was a second line center. I mean that that was really the difference, right? And, a second uh, line center who, let's be honest, the last year that he played wasn't really one of the better second line centers in the league. No, he was still a good second line center, but I mean we we saw in the the World Championships just the chemistry he had with with Pasta, and 
it's uh it's paid off apparently my god and apparently already- hampus lindholm's gonna win the the norris <laughs> right i it don't sure looks like it he or eric carlson because my god i mean i don't think that anybody saw hampus lindholm being a point per game defenseman <laughs> no especially after his, his showing in the playoffs last year with boston and the end of the season like what he produced then it was just like okay well this guy's gonna be you know a number three defenseman at best and yeah, Boy, I mean, uh, his his career high is thirty four points. He did that when he was twenty one years old in fourteen fifteen, and uh, his career high for goals is thirteen. He he had a nice year in seventeen eighteen, but uh, that's a thirteen's a tough number to get to for most defensemen. He already has four though, uh, but seventeen points through sixteen games, he's going to obliterate his career high. Just destroy it. Uh, and he's only the highest he ever finished in Norris voting uh, was 17th, and he did that in 15-16. So it, it, I think the man, if something's going on with Hampus Lindholm. He has found a uh, maybe Jim Montgomery here. This is the this is his wizardry. We saw what he was able to do in Dallas before he had to, you know, I don't know, I can't remember if he resigned or was fired, but. Yeah, he was having some alcohol problems yeah, and yeah, went to yeah. AA and yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he left the team, uh, yes. Montgomery was well, like we were all surprised because Dallas was doing so well, and uh, you know, really, it was it was the defenseman. You know, it was uh, Heiskanen and and John Klingberg. I think we're we're having great starts. So maybe he's just uh, he's that whisperer. He knows how to how to grab defensemen and and make them more offensive. Apparently, because uh, what the Bruins have been able to do has been impressive. Now I. I I do take some solace in the fact that, yes, they've won, I think, 11 out of their last 12, but the only loss they have is to the Leafs. So, <laughs> so still, the Leafs are still the best team in the league by that, uh, uh, by that standard. Boy. You know that stupid standard of like, well, uh, this team, you know, Team A beat Team B, and then Team B beat Team C, so therefore, you know, this team could be, you know, that whole deal where... Uh, yeah, yeah. So Arizona is the best team in the league. Got right, it. right. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Uh, if we can beat them and they can beat them, then we must be the best. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with the way the, the Bruins are doing it. Um, also, I mean, they've kind of got that Swayman Allmark thing down. Uh, just swapping every other game for the most part, uh, which does get a little confusing for fantasy. I'm not going to lie, uh, but. <laughs> Some see the annoying thing about fantasy is that you know you can look and go oh when was their last game okay like I could go and dig I could figure out who played the last game but I want I just want it to tell me like hey uh, the last game they played he didn't start like just show me the team and if my my goalie started so that I know who to put in because you know oftentimes they don't confirm who's going to be in confirm who's going to be in net until. You know, right before the game or something like that. And it, just, right. it throws me off. I, I just sometimes I don't have time when you're trying to just quick change your lineup, <laughs> and uh, and you know you just I don't always want to go digging for every every team. I think for the four leagues that I'm in. Uh, but how, how's your fantasy team doing, by the way? Uh, three and one. Can't complain. Okay. Uh, yeah. I got shellacked last week by like 150 points, but Dude, um, yeah, same. I got I got whooped last week. I, got, I, mean, I lost my uh, oh gosh what what is what was the score of this one let's see uh, the score of last week oh the stupid thing 
I, I, the, the, uh, Yahoo app is just a, atrocious sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I lost by a hundred, exactly 150.4 points last week. I got okay. crushed. Absolutely crushed. But you know, when, uh, Posternock had him 55 points. <laughs> so how, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think everybody that was on the team I played, like just had monster weeks. And then yeah. of course, my guys like, I mean, Barkoff and Larkin and Eichel just were like, meh, meh. Yeah, meh. you know, I've taken Matthews in a couple leagues, and he's been fine, but he hasn't been third best in the league at this point, especially for, right. because of his goals being down. Uh, so that's hurt me early on, but well, he'll he'll pick it up. I have Connor McDavid in one, so that's that's been nice. He's been he's been okay so far. Yeah, Andy Kane. I mean, literally. <laughs> uh, Hasn't scored a goal in like eight games for me. I mean, just like Yikes. what the frick, guy? Come on. Yeah, uh, well, he's trying to. They told him, "Hey, man, could you just not try for a little while?" <laughs> we really want to lose. Feels like it. So yeah. But anyways, you know, fantasy aside, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's. Sorry, let's let's go to our next uh, our next surprise team. Uh, I mean, I think it's just natural for us to head on over to the Central and go Winnipeg Jets, who lead the division at 9-4-1. And, and, you know, even a few weeks ago, it didn't look like the Jets were anything special. And they've uh, they've certainly gone and, well, Hellebuck's gone and rattled off some wins for them. And here they are, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. So started the season off, what, 2-2-2. Two, two and two, and since then have, have won 7 out of 10. So uh, what do you think of this Jets team? Yeah, anytime you can have a goaltender that's leading the way, um, not only am I excited, but I'm also scared shitless for your team too because at any point can the wheels just come right off um, if you're relying that much on a goaltender, right? So um, you look at the, the games. I mean, it's been 11-3 to three games, Hollabuck versus Riddich, and of course I don't trust Riddich as far as I can throw him. I mean, he's just... He wasn't really that good anywhere he's been. So I don't know why Winnipeg decided he was the backup that they needed. But, um, you know, obviously Eric Comrie signed his deal, went elsewhere, and good for him. But um, out of all the backups, they, they chose probably one of the more poor ones. I would have rather gone out and got uh, Martin Jones, in my opinion, who's playing great in Seattle. But, yes, yes. Um, and Seattle is probably the next team on our list. <laughs> right. Yeah, we could talk about them too, but. I mean, look, you, you, at this point, it looks like Connor Hallbuck's going to play 70-some games. Because um, I don't know if I, you know, again, with this division, the way they are, I mean, you're going to have Dallas and Colorado, uh, you know, chasing you all year long. And then you still got to worry about Minnesota. That's always going to be in the thick of it, I feel like. They're going to – they have to figure it out eventually, right? Um, but, you know, again, I I think Hallbuck is the story of this team. Um Obviously, they're getting, you know, some scoring from everywhere. I mean, you know, Blake Wheeler seems to have found, uh, you know, his old self a little bit. He's starting to produce, you know, at a much higher rate than, you know, especially than last year. Um, and it's coming even strength, too. I mean, they're not producing a ton on the power play. So, um, you know, when you're, <laughs> your leading scorer is Josh Morrissey and he's got 11 even strength points, I mean, that's that's pretty dang good right now. So, um, you know, Mark Shifley looks like he's clicking at all cylinders. Pierre-Luc Dubois is playing well. So, when you got all these guys who are supposed to play well, the one guy who's surprising me more than anybody else is Kyle Connor. You know, he's been a perennial 40 goal scorer. He's only got two goals so far this year. Yeah. Mark Shifley with 10. (laughs) My guess is that that's, uh, that's coming from the coach. Uh, Right. 
we know we know exactly what it looked like in Dallas to uh oh my gosh his name's escaping me but uh what's their coach's name oh my gosh Jim Montgomery <laughs> No, no, no. Winnipeg's coach is Rick Bonus. There we go. Oh, Rick Bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just, I mean, his their lack of offense doesn't surprise me. Also, I mean, I think based on what this team has been in the past, which is a team that hey, they can always score goals and uh, and their top six is always great, but they were lazy defensively. And yep. I think what you're seeing is a coach who is not willing to let this team be lazy defensively. And so, yes, players are buying in. Uh, but it's not yet correlated on the on the score sheet for them, uh, especially a Kyle Connor. Uh, I I mean I know he's injured. I would think that maybe he'd be in this. Nicholas Ehlers would be in the, on the same page uh, with Ehlers kind of being <laughs> known as a an irresponsible defensive player, but just great offensively. Uh, as soon as he touches the puck, he's he's go go go. Uh, but I would think that this is just some of the growing pains. And hey, you know what? If a nine four and one start is your growing pains, uh, you're probably you're probably in a pretty good spot. So yep. I I do I am on the same page as you though that you know can Hellebuck keep up a nine thirty five save percentage? That's going to be tough. Uh, however, he has at least shown in the past that he is a. You know, he's a top five goal. I mean, he won the freaking Vesna four years ago, uh, five years ago. So it's not as if it's not there. Um, that year he finished with a 922 save percentage. And I mean, hey, a 910 last year, a 916 the year before. This guy has always been, uh, a, he's always been good. You know, it, it's never been a question of, of whether or not he's good. Now, his team didn't play super well in front of him. And he had a 9.10 save percentage. Now his team's playing well in front of him, and he's got a 9.35 save percentage. So it just kind of shows you how important that uh, that structure is in front of you for a goaltender. Yeah, almost an entire goals against on average down than they was last year. So if uh, they can keep close to that, I mean that's that'll you know obviously yeah you're gonna win into tons of games. Wins. Yeah, you're gonna win tons of games. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Th- yeah, I mean he's he's just been so important. Uh, and and I do wonder, out of all those teams that are leading their division right now, uh, I would say they are the least likely to stay there. Now, granted, they are tied, and it's it's such a tight division that that central, in comparison, you know, to maybe uh, like the Bruins are nine points up on the Leafs right now. Uh, they're already like nine points up, and we're sixteen games in. Uh, the Devils four <laughs> points up on the Islanders, but. Yeah, I, I I still I don't see the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they're maybe the one team I could say they may still miss the playoffs. Yeah, I, Colorado's I starting to figure it out right now, so uh, they're rolling. Yeah, you've got Colorado. You also, I mean, things haven't looked great in Nashville so far, but I I I wonder if uh, if you know is this team a six eight like a a pure five hundred team? I think they're a little better than that. You've got St. Louis, who's been in the dumps. They've won two in a row now, though, so maybe they kind of start pulling themselves up. And uh, and I mean, also Minnesota had an atrocious start to the year, but now they're six three and one. So these teams are starting to come, and it's going to be hard, I think, for Winnipeg to hold on to this. However, they are setting themselves up like they're in a position now to make the playoffs because of their start, and that's huge. Yep. Um. Should we go to the Seattle uh, 
Seattle Supersonics over here? Let's do it. The Seattle Millionaires? <laughs> uh, how many Seattle professional teams that are no longer there can we list off? <laughs> I wish I knew more. Um, yeah, the Seattle Kraken, I mean, they have been... What's what's there to say about the Kraken in terms of like what has changed from this year to next? It's pretty easy. It's their goal scoring ability. They're actually scoring goals. Fifty two goals in sixteen games. They're at more than three goals uh, a game, and that is the difference. They're. I wouldn't say that their goaltending has been uh, like fantastic by any means, uh, but you know when you go from scoring less than three goals a game, you know, two and a half goals a game to over three goals a game, and that's just going to change your whole team. Uh, wh- where are you at with the Seattle team? Have, have you gotten a chance to watch them at all? Yeah, I've watched a couple yeah. games, and I'll tell you what. Um, I, I mean, it's easy to see why people root for this kind of this team, right? I mean, you look at the lineup just on paper, it's a bunch of, you know, third and second line guys, um, you know, with the potential of, you know, Matty Beneers and Shane Wright in the future, but... Um, Boy, you know, Brandon Tenev is just fun to watch. Morgan Geeky, fun to watch. These guys are just like, they're heart and soul kind of guys where you just want to root for them to play well. Um, and they are playing well, which is great. And they're not getting scoring from just one guy. I mean, look, you look at their goal scoring. You mentioned it. They've got seven guys with four or more goals already on this team. And so, uh, you know, with that kind of balanced scoring, you know, if you're a, a team saying, okay, well, who are we going to go, you know, what line are we going to watch this time? Or, you know, who are we going to, you know, target this time? Well, really, you can't really pick one because you got a guy in, like, for example, Morgan Geeky, who plays 10 minutes a night and he's already got eight points in 13 games, a plus 12. I mean, what the frick? You know, this guy's got, I think, I, I'm almost pretty sure, I haven't looked at the stat, but so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but he leads the league in goals per 60 minutes played. I mean, it's pretty dang good. So, yeah, and those are always like that's that stat is always so I'll say deceiving because it, he's obviously playing where he should be playing. Uh right. well, you know, when you have I remember Athens CU was he led the league in uh, goals scored per 60 and people were like, "See, he should be playing on the first line somewhere and he'd be getting <laughs> way more goals." And then he was given the every opportunity over and over again and he could he could not replicate it because Athanasiu is a third line player with a lot of speed. He's but he's a specialty kind of player, and he looks so good when he's out there. But if you play him too much, and you play him against too good of talented players, he's a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the the other big thing for me is I always love it when you have a good goal goaltending story, right? I mean, last year this team couldn't get anything better than an eight ninety save percentage, and and when you got Martin Jones putting up an eight ten save percentage, I mean his last five or six games it's it's even higher than that his numbers have been so um you know when you get that kind of you know a, a 20 point boost essentially you're gonna i mean you're gonna get a few more wins out of it so you know i, I hope martin jones is the story they went and brought back and the other great thing is they brought back uh you know uh helberg what's his name from ottawa when they put him on waivers because cam talbot's back in so he gets to come back and hopefully we get to see those cracking pads finally strapped on so We'll see if he gets some time here because obviously Joey Decord is not really an NHL netminder, but right, right. Uh, <laughs> but still, I mean, neither is Philip Grubauer hasn't looked like one either. But yeah, still, he, he has gets not been play, very so. good. Um, something, yeah, man, what a what a bullet dodged for the Colorado Avalanche to not sign him to a monster deal. Yeah, and you know sometimes you wonder, you know, with with things like that, like is it really the system 
right, that benefits the goaltender? Is it the goaltender that's creating the system, right? And so, you know, I think, you know, in the case of Grubauer, clearly, you know, he only plays good when he's with good teams, right? right? And I mean, yes, you could say that just about any. Most of the time, that's yeah, that's the case, right? Yeah, but I mean, like you look at a guy like Jordan Bennington, right? I look at him last year, and you say, okay, well, clearly St. Louis was a pretty good team, five on five aside, and you know, Huso did good, but you know, Bennington couldn't do it, right? So you know, and of course, Huso now goes to Detroit, who, in my opinion, you know, hasn't been, you know, has been all right, but you know, he's putting up phenomenal numbers. So sometimes it's just the goaltender, you know, but. um you know, obviously, in this case, it clearly was a goaltender that looked better because of the team in front of him. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, something else that I I can appreciate about the Kraken is that, I mean, you've got three players who lead this team in goals with five goals. And you've got four players with four goals, two players with three goals, five players with two goals, and, uh, you know, and five more with one. Um the goal, the goal scoring is just all spread out, and that's a wonderful problem to have. You know, I mean, granted, some of these guys' shooting percentages are insane, uh, but the way that they are, <laughs> kind of the way that they're playing, it bends itself to, uh, to maybe having higher shooting percentage because they are holding on to the puck a little bit more. Uh, but I mean, it's it's still the the fact that they have players who can score all throughout their lineup. Like they're just getting goals from everyone. And, you know, maybe this team, this team is not likely a playoff team. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think that Edmonton's going to miss the playoffs. Calgary's probably not going to miss the playoffs here. Uh, Seattle's having an, uh, Seattle is eight and eight. Like they're a 500 team so far. They just happen to lose a few games in overtime and they are getting better goaltending. They're a better team than last year. Uh, However, it would not be good for this team long term for them to make the playoffs right now. They just need to they just need to be in the conversation for longer than 6 weeks like they were last year. And uh, this year has been fun so far. They they look good. They they actually are running a system that is is benefiting the team because they they don't have that superstar player. They don't have one player who's going to do it all and they've got a pretty balanced forward group and when you look at their time on ice i mean most of these guys are playing 17 16 minutes a night and that's that's perfect especially when you consider that maddie Beniers is you know one of their top two centers here and he's a rookie you know he had a nice start to the year but he's still defensively making mistakes um and i think teams have kind of they they put a little focus on him and and it's been a little harder for him uh, after the start that he had, but uh, it's the way to it's the way to bring along a young kid like Beniers. Um, don't really like the way they did Shane Wright, but that's you know mm, yeah just sort of is what it is right now. Uh, we'll see kind of what what transpires long term for Shane Wright. Yeah, that's one of those situations where it kind of peeves me that, you know, there's rules with, you know, where you can send guys to the AHL sure. and stuff like that. And um, because for, for, you know, Shane Wright's one of those guys where really going back to juniors is, is not the best move for him, right? I mean, um, I think at this point it is. Well, maybe, you know, initially, I mean, maybe now hindsight, yeah, but, you know, initially coming into this season and maybe even a few games in, you're thinking, you know, juniors probably isn't the best. He should be playing up here. Um, but, or, you know, honestly, I thought he should have been in the AHL. And really the only way you could sure. do that is, 
um, you know, conditioning stints and, and garbage like that. But yeah, um, I, I mean, I, yeah. I think I don't think that it's that Dave Hackstall doesn't like him. I think that it's Dave Hackstall's going. I mean, I am not going to let someone play that's not as not playing as as well as. I mean, you think of the other centers that they've got, uh, Matty Beneers, and well, granted he could play on the wing, but Beneers and and Jared McCann, you're not going to play him over him. And uh, the wingers that they do have are are playing all right, and you're not going to just give him a ton of minutes just because uh, that doesn't benefit anyone. You know, you don't want to have a team where, hey, this guy was our first round draft pick, so he's going to get time on ice. Like you're just not going to do that. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's. Uh, I don't know. It, it is an unusual way to go about it. You know, eight minutes for your 19-year-old kid a game through seven games. It's just, it's unusual. At this point, I think that you just got to go, well, if the coach isn't going to play him, then you got to send him to the minors or you got to fire the coach, which you're not going to do <laughs> because no. of one player. I mean, so I, I really, I think, sorry, not the minors, the OHL. I think you send him to the OHL. You let him go play, and maybe maybe this is some of the some of the the reasoning is that they're just going to go let him play uh, in World Juniors, and maybe they don't want him to go to uh, the team that he's on that he was on in in the OHL. I can't remember what team it was. Kingston is it Kingston that he was on? I yeah, don't I think, think that so. they. I don't think that they're very good, uh, and I think that that's some of the issue is they don't, they don't want him to go to this crap hole team. Uh, but they could find a trade. I mean, it wouldn't be very hard to to trade them, and it would be good for everyone, I think, if he went to the OHL. But uh, thus far, it has not happened. And I would at least like the team to come out and say, "Hey, here's here's what we're doing with Shane Wright. You know, we're, we here's why we aren't sending him to the to the OHL. We've had this conversation with him, and as as far as I I know, I I haven't heard any of that happening, any of that conversation." And so that that I think is what confuses me is that why is it that there hasn't been communication to I mean to fans and you know I it's no sweat off my back but if I was a fan I'd want to know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're, you know, I mean a fan who's just again, I I assume most of the fans for for Seattle are hardcore fans now at this point that are just really rooting for this team to, you know, be relevant at some point. Um, you know, you've never had hockey there and you just, you, you want, you want a good team, right? You don't want to be crappy for too long. And, um, you know, I just, I think when you get a number four pick and a guy who is projected to be the number one overall for so long, you, you want to see what he can do, right? You want to see this guy come out and just, you know, especially coming out of that draft when you think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, you're, you're hoping that the coach will just cut him loose and let him go play and, and tear up the league. But obviously that's, it's not the case. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear that he's just not ready for it. I mean, he's he also had a couple junior years cut short. Uh, he's got the talent. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, allowing him to grow as a player and as a man. And uh, I, I, I just don't – eight minutes a game. You can't I, develop anybody at eight minutes a game, let's be honest. I just feel like there's also – also, I like I totally understand going, well, this guy's playing better, so it – how is it not like? How would it be fair to, uh, you know, let's let's throw out Nate. How would it be fair to Jared McCann, who's only getting 14 minutes a game? Uh, how is it fair to him to lower his minutes or to lower Jaden Schwartz's minutes, who's getting big time minutes against guys like just in 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 terms of for development? 
but I think you can also go, hey, look, Wenberg, hey, look, like whoever it may be, we're gonna we're gonna play him with you, and or hey, we're gonna play this guy a little bit more. You're gonna get a few more, a few fewer minutes, and we're just gonna allow him to play with different players, or we're gonna come up with a plan to where he's playing more. Because at this point, you really aren't concerned about going out and winning tons. Of, you're not trying to make the playoffs. I mean, I guess as a coach, you are. Uh, but there should be some, like, hey, the important thing is that Shane Wright is a good player for 15 years for us. We don't want to stunt his growth by not playing him at all. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm not sure how we got down this road because we we're supposed to be positive today, Justin. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Ah. Uh, well, we tried. We tried. Um, any of any final teams you wanna you wanna hit on before mm. we uh, before we kick it? Boy, okay. I I'll give you one let, more. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know what? I'll give a small nod to Toronto. Oh, a small nod. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily go you know with a big kudos uh, like we have been these other teams, but a small tip of the cap to Toronto because um, you know the way they started the season. And uh, the way the rest of the division was going, and you know, I was just—I was—I had a moment of worry, and now, and then especially with all their goaltenders going down, I'm like, okay, this is this is going to be a sinking ship pretty quick. I don't—I mean, I'm not necessarily worried about them not making the playoffs, but you know, this was a team that I personally thought would win this division. Now, I don't—I don't know if they can still do that against Boston the way they're playing, but this certainly looks like a much better team. Um, you know, and again, goaltending still a question mark, but, um, you know, and, and Jake Muzzin just finding out today, he's, you know, pretty much, pretty much done for. Um, yeah, I think, but, I think this is, this is it for Muzzin. I think he's going to have to retire. Well, he'll be on LTIR for, uh, right. what another, I, I'm not sure how many years he has left on his contract, but it's, a, it's a few. Yeah. Um, but I mean, regardless, I think Toronto's done pretty good for, you know, a team that was missing such a piece like that, that, you know, Austin Matthews hasn't been scoring at the rate he did last year. I think this team, um, you know, uh, again, just has held the ship a little bit better than I was expecting over the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, and then, the, the, of course, over this weekend with, with Salming coming out for the Hockey Hall of Fame oh. stuff, um, just just classiness all around. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was a, both, both times that he was honored, but particularly the Saturday night game. Uh, I mean, it's cool because like my my dad's dad, my granda, he uh, his favorite player was Borea Salming, and they they immigrated from Ireland to Toronto in late the late sixties or like early seventies or something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, he he was his favorite player, and uh, so it was just a cool a cool little uh, tip to him. Yeah. And, and they started. What, what was really great for me is they Toronto started five. Swedish players, right, right, right. pretty start cool. Start the game, which was great. And, I mean, this is the Swedish class, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is the ultimate Swedish class. I mean, both Sedins, you've, you've got Alfredson, and uh, who? Well, the other one was Luongo, who I guess played with the Sedins, and then and then there was a uh, I can't remember the the female's name. She was like the a Finnish, I think, is what she was, mm-hmm. all time leading European scorer. She might be the all-time scorer in women's hockey in like tournaments. She's like she played till she was like forty-six. <laughs> forty-six. Yeah, her the last Olympics she played, she was forty-six. 
Yeah, you're uh, Rika Salomon. Yes, Sol- Rika Salomon. Salinen. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, what is it? She played. Uh, I know yeah, she 11, played 16 years pro. 11 seasons in the elite league in Finland, five-time champion. Boy, she's uh, she's recording an average of 2.92 points per game. She's decent. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but well, when it comes to the I mean, you look at the Leafs goaltending, Keith Petrozelli and Eric Schalgren, who, I mean, Eric Schalgren started back-to-back games Friday and Saturday. Right. Uh, that's how desperate this team is to, to play him back-to-back. Uh, I I know that Matt Murray's skating in practice. He could be activated any time. Uh, but, and and I guess the nice thing is that because Muzzin is, is down, uh, it really allows them to, they can bring back Matt Murray. There's no worries about having to juggle a lineup around because they've got plenty of cap space now. Uh, so there is that benefit uh the downside of course being that you don't have jake muzzin anymore uh but overall i mean with what this team's had to go through they they're in it they're they're okay like they had a disastrous start and here they are second in the division and and things are okay right now i i know that you're hoping to get both your goaltenders back and that's certainly going to make a small difference i mean eric shalgren has won games but I don't think that we're going out and saying that he's been great. An 8.93 save percentage, not great, but still a 2.86 goals against. And that is the exact, those two numbers side by side goes, he's not, he's not playing very well yet. The team in front of him is playing well enough to, to uh, decrease the amount of chances that he's seeing and giving them an opportunity to win. Um, I don't think you would be, you know, if you said, hey, the Leafs are going to start Eric Schalgren eight of their first 16 games, you'd go, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? Uh, but, yes, I, I, it's funny to put them in the, the positive surprise, uh, especially since after our last show we talked about them playing so poorly. Uh, but here they are in the surprise. So. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it's, it's also um, – I, I don't know what the, the right term would be, but lucky that Tampa and Florida have kind of had slower starts as well. So, Well, um, you know, another thing about it is that when you go and you look at the standings throughout the league, you really see a much more compressed, uh, you know, outside of the of New Jersey and Boston, everyone's right there. You know, the, mm-hmm. all those, all the teams in the tops of their divisions are, you've got the Islanders with 20 and then, down to even the Pittsburgh Penguins with 15. So we're really separated by five points uh, with every team, but the bottom three and the top two. So that's the way that it should be. You know, right now you've got four teams with 17 points, two teams with 19, a a couple with 16. Like it's very tight right now. That's the way you want to see it. And last season was not like that. Last season was, I mean, what in a week, we basically knew who was going to make the playoffs. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. It's not going to be quite as cut and dry. Right. All right. Well, uh, that is our show. We we did our best to stay positive. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Next show, should we just slog it, be super negative, and uh, we'll just talk about how bad Johnny Goudreau and the Columbus Blue Jackets are, maybe? Oh. Just stay down there. <laughs> <laughs> 
You talk about all their injuries. Wierenski's gone, and now today I find out Patrick Liney's going to be gone for an extended period of time. Oh, is he again? I didn't see that. Oh, great. Yes, yes. It keeps getting better for them. Great, great. And uh, but no, yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk some. You know, we'll talk something hockey wise, and uh, we'll. I I feel like we need to. You know, as we head into Thanksgiving, this is the time where a lot of trade talk starts to heat up. Uh, usually, you know, you start you start getting to that holiday break that everyone gets and the, the roster freeze. And a lot of teams freeze their rosters a couple weeks before Christmas. So this really is that time where uh, usually something gets done. So I think next, next show we'll have to talk some possible trades because I think there are some teams out there who definitely want to make a move. I think the Leafs are one of them. I think the St. Louis Blues are another one. I even think that the you could see the Penguins or the Capitals making maybe not a crazy move, but definitely some moves. Uh, just trying to figure out, you know, where where they're at. I mean, I don't think that either one of those teams are ready to just throw in the towel and not make the playoffs, as their time is very limited. So it'll be a it'll be a fun few weeks as we lead up to Christmas. So we'll talk trades next show if that's okay with you, Justin. I'm okay with that, Mark. All right, all right. I just want you know. I just want to. We're we're communicating as a as a couple. I mean, a co-host, co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.